All aboard the Jalen Conyers train as we get ready to take a look at what may be a magical season for the tight end. Predict the stats on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you get your podcast. Hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. A special thank you to my everydayers that are here every day. And remember that you can follow me on Twitter at RichieBrad36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils today. We are discussing Jalen Conyers. We're predicting his stats, but we're also talking about why this could be a magical season for the tight end at Arizona State. Conyers looks like one of the best tight ends the program has had in years and years and years. I believe that Conyers is in for a season that could be up there with some of the other best seasons that we've had from tight ends like Todd Heap and Zach Miller. I truly believe that Conyers has that potential to reach heights that we haven't seen from the tight end position since those guys in the 2000s. Like looking at Conyers and what he did last year in his in his breakout time with the team, he ends the year 38 catches, 422 yards, five touchdowns. That all started basically after the Colorado game. About halfway through the year, something clicked. For Conyers and he turned into an absolute monster for the team he's going to be able to build upon that this year and if he doesn't then it would be one of the biggest surprises I can think of because he has looked just as dominant during the spring ball practices that we had earlier in March he should transition it would be an absolute surprise if he didn't and we're going to be seeing him very shortly here towards the end of the month we're going to start having practices for Arizona State and we'll be keeping an eye out for what's going on. But until then, let's go ahead and start talking about statistics for him. So we start, as always, with the receptions for him. And I kind of want to go on like the higher end here, regardless of my highs and lows for my predictions. We'll get to my prediction in a moment. But I think my best case scenario is probably a 70 catch season for him. Now, keep in mind... This would be a massive, massive jump from what he did. He would be almost doubling his production from what he did last year. But again, if you think about it, that is not as insane as you would think. As last year, he only had two, four, eight catches going into the Colorado game. So over the course of the next five games, he caught 30 balls. He became much more included in the offense and keep in mind one of those games he only had one catch and he still managed 30 receptions over that stretch of time he should be able to continue building upon that kind of production I would think so Conyers is going to be one of the biggest facets of this offense whether or not he ends up breaking out I don't see a situation or any scenario where Conyers is not one of the focal points, if not the focal point of the offense. I believe in Conyers to be one of the most explosive players on this team and one of the most consistent players as well. 
I got him max best case scenario there of the 70 catches. He could flirt with 80, but 80 is an insane amount. 70 is already a lot. And a worst case scenario, I think he's right about what he did last year. I'm going with 30 catches and a worst case. And this would be where Conyers just is not involved in the offense. This would also be a situation where maybe the other two tight ends, Bryce Pierre and Messiah Swinson, get quite a bit of playing time. In a situation where maybe you split up 50 to 70 catches among three tight ends and that you spread them out pretty evenly, that's not a bad thing at all for your offense and its production. It just obviously would hamper the Jalen Conyers breakout that we're predicting here. My final prediction, I'm going with 60 catches for the tight end. My best case was 70. I'm going with 60. I really do think, and you guys are going to see with the rest of my predictions as well, that his best case scenario is truly not that far off from what I'm predicting for him. I'm not the only person that's going to be really high on Jalen Conyers, though. I've been encouraging people for quite a while. I know that just about everybody else that is involved with the Sun Devil Media is also telling you, like, hey, man, this kid is going to be really, really good. He shows out whenever he's on the field. He is so much more athletic than a six foot or six foot four, 265 pound player would look like. Like, you would think that this is more of a blocking tight end. You would think that this is a guy who is very limited in what he can do, and he's not that at all. He's a player that is just so dynamic in what he can do. So you you just you find a way to get this guy involved. That's why my predictions for his stats are a lot closer and in line with my best case scenarios with him because I don't see very many opportunities that he's not going to be able to seize in 2023. And if you guys want to make the most of your opportunities, then go to FanDuel.com right now. Take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball and FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. So if you bet $20, you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting on everything from money line to over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Wherever you get your podcasts, hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. Make sure you tune in to tomorrow's show as we go to the backfield and take a look at some stat predictions for incoming transfer Cameron Scadaboo. You won't want to miss it on Locked on Sundials. All right, let's go into yards. This is this is an interesting conversation for me because last year Conyers averaged 11.7 yards per reception, but I don't feel like that's indicative of the kind of big play threat that he is. I think this is a player, I know this is a player rather, that is able to break off big chunk plays when he gets an opportunity. During that stretch that he had starting from the Colorado game, in every game except UCLA, he had a reception of 21 or more yards, including a 47-yard touchdown against Wazoo. He is absolutely made for that big play opportunity. The the way that he runs, his big bruising style, 
He's so much quicker than you would think. Again, for a guy who's almost 270 pounds, he's moving. And when he's moving, you don't want to tackle him. This is, this is definitely not completely fair to what his yards after the reception, yards after contact shows. So I did my best to kind of give him a little better case scenario. But again, wanted to not be too crazy. In fact, for his best case scenario, I initially was thinking he was going to be closer to 900 yards. I decided to knock it down to 850 yards, which on those 70 catches would result in just over 12 yards per catch, about 12.2 yards per reception. So it is better than what he had last year. I think the only thing that would hinder his overall yards per reception would be if he becomes like a major facet of the offense and they're dumping the ball off to him and stuff like that. And they just get it to him underneath or they get it to him in short yard situations and try and make him do everything else after, after the catch. That would be where I think his yards per reception wouldn't be as crazy in a worst case scenario. I've got him just at a flat 400 yards which on those 30 catches would be a very, very healthy 13.3. This would be closer to what I think he's probably capable of. But again, this is also a situation where he's not getting as much volume because maybe you get the tight ends more involved or maybe the tight end isn't involved much at all because you've got so many receivers and you've got some running backs who can catch the football like Cameron Scadaboo. This would be, I think they're getting the most out of the explosiveness here but maybe you're not getting the most out of the volume that you could possibly give Jalen Connors in this situation. My final prediction is going to be, I just had it in front of me, is going to be 750 yards. And on those 60 catches, that gives you a very healthy 12.5 yards per reception right on the dot. I like this. I like this. I think a 12.5 yards per reception shows you that He's got that big playability, but it also shows you that he he's going to get high volume in this offense. 60 catches, 750 yards, especially if like some of my others come to fruition. Like I'm betting Elijah Badger's a thousand yard wide receiver this year. If you're getting 750 yards out of your tight end and you're getting that kind of volume production out of him, you're going to be very, very happy with what you've got there. 60 catches, 750 yards definitely feels like a very very good realistic situation in that best case scenario, the 70 for 850, that would be just a massive breakout year. That would put him amongst some of the best tight ends in college football, but we'll talk about that in just one moment. Thank you guys again for tuning in to locked on Sun Devils. Make sure that you tune in to tomorrow's episode. As we talk about running back Cameron Scadaboo and why I think he could be in for a really good season as well. Hit like, subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you're getting your podcast. And a thank you again to my everydayers. All right. We're going to talk touchdowns. We're going to talk about overall seasons. And then I got to talk about some of the other tight ends he'll be up against. So touchdowns. We'll go through this pretty quick. Best case scenario, double digit. I got him at 10 touchdowns. This would be a really healthy mix of long touchdowns from that ability to break off yards after contact. This would also be 
the high volume potentially in the red zone. This is a healthy mix of both of them. Double-digit touchdowns. It wouldn't even surprise me if he was higher than that. But 10 touchdowns feels like a best case. Worst case, I'm still going four. Four touchdowns, probably all either really long touchdowns or really short touchdowns. I don't think there would be an in-between where it's a mix of both. I think it would be one or the other. Overall prediction, eight touchdowns. And again, this is similar to the 10, t- 10 touchdowns I talked about. This is a healthy mix of the long, breaking off, contact, touchdowns, and also the posting up in the red zone, uh, 10 yards, 5 yards, 1 yard, whatever it is, just being able to get open in the red zone or not even get open, just post up and be the big man and get those jump balls kind of situation. Overall predictions here, the best case scenario I can think of, 70 catches, 850 yards, and 10 touchdowns. This would be one of the absolute best seasons of a tight end throughout the country. And we'll again, we'll talk about that in just one moment. A worst case scenario is still a very good season for 30 catches, 400 yards, four touchdowns. That puts him very close to the pace that he was at last year. Obviously, it's a little bit less in all three of those categories. But man, you would still take that, especially if Conyers is the third or even fourth option in the passing game and you got that out of him. Or if he's the third option, but he's splitting time with the other two tight ends, like you would still take that. And then, of course, my final overall prediction of the 60 catches, 750 yards, eight touchdowns. This is still one of the finest seasons that a tight end will have in the country, let alone in the Pac-12. And that's where we're going to steer this conversation. Is Jalen Conyers in for a superstar season? Is Jalen Conyers a superstar in the making? He has certainly showed off that upside to be one of the top tight ends in the Conference of Champions. He will be going up against some pretty good tight ends here. I don't know what USC has, but I'm sure that they'll get something involved. The two main guys he'll be competing with are Utah's Brant Keithy and Stanford's Benjamin Urasek. Now, When you look at Keithy, he is far from your prototypical tight end at 6'2", hovering between 220 and 230 pounds. He's much more of like an H-back kind of guy. And that's where he's going to get some love is he's going to be involved all throughout the offense. And he could probably even be put out wide as a receiver. Last year before he got injured, funny enough, against Arizona State, him and Dalton Kincaid were just absolutely unstoppable together. They had fed off each other so well. Brent Keithy goes down. Dalton Kincaid goes on to be the top tight end in the conference, but he's gone now. Keithy won't have to compete with him. And with Cameron rising back as well, this offense is very likely going to run through Brent Keithy as there's, there's a lot of changes going on. Dalton Kincaid is gone. Uh, they lost their running back, Tavion Thomas. There's changes that are going on, but Brent Keithy is one of the constants there. And then at Stanford, Benjamin Urasek, I don't know if he's necessarily quarterback proof, but he's still going to be somebody who's going to get his looks. He's going to get his opportunities. You're not going to want to put him on the sidelines because he probably is one of, if not the best player on that roster right now. He's going to be a major facet, no matter who's throwing him the football. If he's not, then shame on the new coaching staff that's there. But I trust Eurosec will get his opportunities. Because of that, Jalen Conyers will have some stiff competition in the Pac-12 to stand out compared to these two guys. And 
there's guys on other teams as well. Like I'm not disrespecting guys at any of the other schools. I just am not as aware of them as I am with your second with Keithy, but beyond them, let's say that in this best case scenario, Conyers is the best tight end in the pac 12. How does he look across the rest of the country? Well, for starters, we can tell you that the number one spot is locked and secured and is not going anywhere anytime soon for Brock Bowers at Georgia. If anybody follows me on Twitter, you know how big of a fan I am of Brock Bowers. I think he's going to enter this upcoming season as one of the best prospects in the nation. Certainly one of the best tight end prospects we've seen, and I think he could end up being the best tight end prospect ever for the 2024 NFL draft. But even beyond that scope and that perspective, he is just special. He moves like a receiver. And even though I think that Jalen Conyers also has that ability to play much more of an operator at a, at like a wide receiver level than many other tight ends do. He's just not what Brock Bowers is. Even beyond them, there's still some very good guys. Texas has Jatavian Sanders. Ohio State has Kate Stover. There's other guys that you can look up as well. Those are the main guys that I look at as his biggest competition. But if he does best case scenario, this would place him probably amongst the top three finishers for the John Mackey Award, which of course is the award that they hand out for the best tight end in the nation. If he were to be a John Mackey finalist, let alone win it, it would be one of the greatest seasons in Arizona State history. But even in his prediction that I have, the 60 catches, 750 yards, eight touchdowns, that could still place him in the top three finishers in the country for the John Mackey Award. Whatever he does, he's going to be in the heat of that competition this year. He's going to be in the thick of the competition for best tight end in the Pac-12 for that first team honors in the Pac-12. He should be able to compete across the nation. He is that talented. And I will die on that hill if I have to. But Jalen Conyers is going to be one of the best tight ends in the country this year. I will eat my hat if he's not. I truly believe this with all my heart and soul that we are going to be experiencing one of the best seasons a tight end has ever had at Arizona State University. And I certainly hope that if he does break out the way he does, he's going to get some hype for the NFL draft and perhaps be the highest drafted player we've had since Brandon Ayuk was a first-round pick. He might be able to usurp Rashad White being a third-round pick just a couple of years ago for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that this is a superstar in the making. Do you guys agree with me? What do you think of Jalen Conyers? Predict his stats. Let me know what you guys think in the comments on YouTube or hit me up on Twitter at RichieBrad36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sundables. But that's all that I have for you guys on today's edition of the podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Shout out to my everydayers that are here every day. If you're not subscribed already, hit like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're getting your podcast. I will see you guys tomorrow to talk about Cameron Scadaboo and predicting his stats, both rushing and receiving. But that's all that I have for you today. Until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.